Stonks, stonks, stonks. <laughs> you are listening to the Burrows of Berea. Well, unfortunately, we don't have Ralph Hicks this week. He had his second uh, shot for the coronavirus uh, for COVID-19, and it's knocked him down 24 hours after it. So that, I hear that about a lot of people. You know, they're yeah, all taking yeah. the mark it of seems, the beast. It's knocking them down. <laughs> <laughs> they're all getting the mark of the beast. You're infected now. <laughs> <laughs> they got the digital imprint. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, so they're, they're on your phone. Just, yep. just, that, <laughs> just that 48-hour mark of the beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I know what he's thinking to himself right now. I have sinned against you, my Lord. <laughs> Poor Jimmy. <laughs> and I would ask. Oh, oh, Jimmy. Poor old Ralph. I hate that he isn't here. Yeah. I'm going to miss him. Yeah, he has a soothing voice. He does. Yeah. 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 He, he came up with the name Gorilla Fart in yeah. the last one. That was... Who did? Rick? Yeah, Ralph. <laughs> Ralph. Ralph. Yeah. Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. It was already taken. <laughs> Sorry, Ralph. Dang it. <laughs> All the good names. Yeah. So, uh, you said you were telling me this morning that you were listening... That you listened to that last podcast. Oh yeah, I was. And yeah, that, I was. Yeah, listened to some of them. So yeah, yeah. And so the questions you had for him, do you want to just ask me? I mean, <clears throat> I don't think that I would have it the same as Ralph. We all have our own. Oh yeah, journeys we're walking on. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure. Um, Ralph said something that he was um, through his first divorce or whatever, and I don't know nothing about Ralph. Um, I, you know, just from what he said, and not to get personal or anything, but like he said, he was actually angry or mad at God Mm -hmm. when that he was going through that and that he kind of stepped away from that from God and I just wanted to ask him that and I guess I gotta ask you the same question have you ever been mad at God um because I know we've probably all had situations or things come in our life to where we've questioned faith or you know why I I guess for me I lost a real good friend at like 04 Mm -hmm. and um like I was there that night, um, he got hurt and I, you know, he died the next day I was there and, and I never was mad at God. I was just, I wanted to know why, mm-hmm. why he would take my friend, take a brother, take a son. Um, but I never was mad. And I guess I just tried to rack my brain of some of the things that's happened in my life. How or why would anybody be mad at God? Mm-hmm. Um, and even like with my divorce, um, it was, I, I wasn't mad. Um, I guess I just, I did, I did reach out to him. Um, uh, but my opinion with divorces or marriage or whatever, it takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. Um, takes two to get married, takes two to make it work, takes two to let it fail or make it fail and takes two to sign the papers. So, it, you know, it's, it's. It's a group effort. And then, you know, when I got divorced, the hardest thing to do was look in that mirror and say, hey, you're you're at fault too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, even through that, I wasn't angry. So, and I remember the first night of actually when I moved out and, you know, I have $2, you know that. Um, and that was probably really hard. Uh, well, not, not probably, but it was hard. And I had every emotion that you could think of under this, uh, that, that you could have that night. And I think the, the biggest thing was uh, I thought I was alone. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's when I started talking to God more. And I just hit my knees and I said, you know, help me out here. 
and you know I, I'm I'm ready to do what you say and you know the weeks went on and I guess you know things didn't really get any better and I was pumping gas one day and uh, a guy come up and uh, never knew him never saw him never nothing and he said man you look troubled and he gave me a little little blue bible and uh, you know okay that's 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 cool you know a few more weeks went by and I was having you know so every other Sunday I'm by myself. I just wake up by myself. That's, you know, I don't have my girls with me. And it was another Sunday come, come along. And it was like, I had a, I had a feeling to like text my mom and dad and say, Hey, come by and get me and go to church. But I didn't, you know, I just, I went fishing. Mm -hmm. I didn't catch anything. So there's, there's another sign. And then sound like the disciples. <laughs> exactly. That's right. So, yeah. <laughs> And then the, I guess the last one was, was you, you called just out of the blue. I haven't heard from you since like fall of 2019 mm -hmm. and you know, you called and you didn't have two blondes in a case of beer you needed help with mm -hmm. you, you, <laughs> you wanted to do a Bible, Bible thing, this, this, this going on. And I guess, of course it was excuses. It was, uh, man, I ain't got time. I, you know, I got work. I'm trying to fix up an old house for my family, and 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 then then all in the same thought. It was just like, you idiot! How many more signs you need? Mm -hmm. You know, you've asked for help. You know, and and he's helping you. You got to, you got to do some legwork too, Billy. You mm -hmm. know, you just can't. You know, you need to read the Bible. You need to get a little closer to him. Get more personal. If if you want a better life, you want some help from me. Here it is. So that's brought me here. But anyway, long rambling story. Anyway, I guess I was just curious. Have you ever been mad sure. at, at God and 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 like how or why or or how does that even happen? I think I think more so. I, I can't speak for everybody. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's, certainly it's not for Ralph. Yeah, but yeah. I can say for myself. I was when I was a younger Christian, and I didn't understand my relationship to God fully, I still had all of those normal emotional responses to life. I didn't, I didn't have a new way of looking at things. You know, over time, now, you know, I don't get angry with God. I accept what comes into my life. Yep, yep. I accept the responsibilities of my own actions. I accept what happens in the world. And, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I hear a lot of terrible things that happen. You know, just recently in our own community, there was a little five-year-old girl that was stabbed to death with a butcher knife by her mother. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I saw that. And she was mentally, you know, mentally ill. But you want to ask the question, okay, God, is there not something you could have done? Mm -hmm. Because that's a brutal death. Yeah. And the fact that a child had to go through that. And, and her own mother, who's supposed to be protecting her, is the one that's taking her life. Yeah. In my old world, like I was saying, you know, when I use the term flesh, and I talk about the atheist side of me when yeah, I say that. Yeah. It's who I was prior to my you know, salvation, okay? It's who I was, and that still is in my head. Everything that I had before is still there. Mm -hmm. And so I would that would be the first thing that I would say is, you have a good and loving and powerful God, and he lets that happen to that five-year-old child. That's the first argument I'm going to bring to you. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's horrible. If he's sovereign and powerful, then why in the world does he let those kinds of things happen? Mm -hmm. Why do people die of cancer? Yeah. Why do they have to suffer? 
you know, why, 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 yeah, why? Yeah. That's more of what I would do. Why? Okay, okay. You know, and I have been divorced twice. Let's keep that in mind. And I am a Christian. Now, I was not a Christian whenever I had my first divorce. I thought that I was a Christian. I had done the normal rite of passage, I guess, to become a Christian, but I had no interest whatsoever in considering that Jesus would be the king of my life. Yeah. And there Once is a you big left difference. the church, that was it. That's until, right. Until Sunday at 10 o'clock again. Exactly. Sunday. Exactly. Exactly. It wasn't really a part. I mean, I did some studies and I was getting into it, but at the same time, I wasn't serious. Yeah. You know. Well, I, you know, I, I'll even be honest with you. Like when you came to me, I, I know you're more knowledgeable. Um, and I guess that's that's another thing that a lot of people think about is like, you know, you might be intimidated when somebody's telling you these stories and you feel the need to say like, well, I don't really know that. You know, mm-hmm. well, well, let's learn. You know, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, you're not going to say, Billy, I can't believe you didn't know that, you know? So, you know, I guess that was another thing. I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to sound kind of like an idiot. You know, I'm not as knowledgeable as Rick is. I haven't read the Bible as, as detailed and, and think about it as much as he has. So, um, but we, we all have our strengths and we all have our weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. this is, and for me to say that this is my strength is actually not really true. There are scholars and people that are way far more advanced, even you know, preachers that are local here know that Bible all the way from the front to the back, and they're it's very thorough. Yeah, but I, just because you you know it, mm-hmm. do you really know it? You know, so yeah. I mean, I, well, I think that I think there's some of that out there too. You mm-hmm. know, sure. Um, so, but as far as being mad at God, yes, when I was young and immature in the faith, yes, I would have those moments. God, why did you allow my wife and I to split up, and then yeah. it affect my life forever, and then. You know, to have issues, and even in my second marriage, where I am a Christian, but have some things that happened that are just that just blow you away. Yeah, yeah. You know, how in the world? You know, whenever Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he breaks it down so awesome. <clears throat> you guys probably have heard they call it the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, yeah. I don't like. Yeah. I always call it the Disciples' Prayer because the Lord couldn't actually pray that prayer. He's never had to ask for forgiveness because yeah, he never yeah, sinned. Yeah, yeah. If so, but he says, "Our Father." He, he uses a collective, "Our Father," who art in heaven. He tells you where he's at. Hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. As I was studying that prayer, I was like, because Jesus is teaching us how to pray. He's trying to show us not only who we're talking to, where he's at, but that he's holy. Mm-hmm. Holiness, I brought that up in a couple of podcasts. You know, we don't understand what holiness really is. We know what being a good boy is yeah. to the best of our ability. But to be absolute holiness, we don't understand. Yeah. So, of course, we're going to have some questions for God that, you know, God is not us. He's not like us. He's not. Jesus lived a sinless life. You know, I've had people say, well, you know, they need to get out in the world and learn a little bit, and then they can come back to it. Well, I've had a lot of preachers say, well, Jesus never did that. He was perfect. But sure, he was God in the flesh. Yeah. So for it seems like that would be an easier way to be if you're perfect, you know. But as far as being angry with God, you know, I've, at this stage of my life, I've accepted the world as it is. I understand that the world is a broken place, that it has been broken pretty much since the beginning. Yeah, exactly. For the first sin. Yeah. So Exactly. Yeah, and, and what direct disobedience to God did was it infected our world with something that we were incapable of getting rid of. Christ was able to die for it. He takes it away. However, we still are 
living in this age where he hasn't come and done away with all of these things. That's my firm belief. So as long as sin is still present, we're going to have pain, suffering, murder. It's going to happen. Wanna know, and, and we want to ask why. Yes. You know? And I don't, I don't think God has a problem with us asking why, but if you ever want to learn what it's like to suffer and to want to ask God, you should read the book of Job. Job is very deep. I mean, it starts off saying that Job was a righteous man. You know, he was a father. He was married. He had children. He was rich. I mean, this man owned a cattle, you know, on a thousand hills kind of a guy. He's very rich. Yeah. And Satan goes into the throne room of God before all of the holy angels and says, you know, God asks him the question, where have you been? He said, I've been going to and fro in the earth. And he said, have you considered my servant Job? God opens the conversation asking Satan if he'd considered Job as his next target. That's a brutal thought. Yeah. That God would would ask Satan, have you considered your next target to be Job? He's a righteous man. He's upright. He's just, and he loves me. And so Satan starts making arguments and saying, well, of course he loves you. He's rich. He's a father. He's married. He's got all the goods. Of course he's not going to curse you. So God says, okay, well, I'll tell you what. You can do this to him, but you can't take his life. And so basically God allows Satan to wreak havoc in Job's life, kills all of his children. He loses everything. He ends up sitting in sackcloth and ashes, and the only thing that God left him was a wife who was telling him to curse God and die. That's what he was left with. And whenever he looked at her, at his wife, even at that point, he said, woman, listen, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yep. Yep. Job held that. And he struggled and struggled. Read it. It's a big book. And it gets very confusing in the middle. Yeah. His friends come and they're all like, what kind of sin did you do to get God mad at you? You know, and none of it. God just allowed it. He allowed these things to happen to him. And in the end, you know, I don't, <laughs> spoiler alert, but, you know, Job never curses God. And so he gives him more children, you know, later in life. And he makes him, I think it says seven times richer than what it was before. Wow. But what is it, you know, even then, I think at that point for Job, that- yeah, it's a bitter sugar. I exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think it's understanding that God is allowed to do whatever he wants with his creation and being willing to accept that. You know, as an atheist, I wasn't, well, first of all, I didn't even agree that he existed. Yeah. Um, which now I believe is foolish on my part. But as far as why the world is the way it is for me to think that I could do a much better job, I think, oh, I could probably do a better job. You know, no, I don't even know. I don't know anything, you know? So I think it's okay to be upset. I think it's okay to be sad and angry and all of those things. God is way bigger than we are. He can handle it. But you, you, what you said earlier was right. There is a requirement of effort on our side. We, you know, it's not just, okay, God, come in and fix everything and make my life perfect. It requires a sacrifice on our part. Time, reading the Bible. Obedience, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of it. It's a relationship. You know, a relationship, it can't be one-sided. You know, a lot of marriages break up because of those one-sided relationships. It's give, it's take, you know, sometimes I'm sure you and Andy and everybody, you know, sometimes you got to give 85% in the relationship for a while. And then sometimes all you can give is 30. 
Yeah. And yeah, you need that true. other person that's willing to, that loves you enough to say, look, you got the 30, I'll take the 70 this week. You know, it, it's, it's a relationship. Just like in human relationships, mm-hmm. you have to give to God as well, you know? Because it, when, you can sit, when you continue that Lord's Prayer, he says, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's telling us to say, look, your will is going on up in heaven. I want it to happen here on earth. I want heaven on earth. Give us this day our daily bread. We're allowed to ask. We need to remember where our meal comes from. It comes from him. Well, I worked. I earned that money, and I bought that food. Yeah, I grew that food. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe you did. Yeah. But who made it grow? Exactly. Who got it cut and put it into a can and you know made sure it was plenty salted <laughs> to last for two years <laughs> yeah. so that you could eat it? Yeah. You know, and all these things that get to you, you know, to be thankful for the things that you have. Remember where the meal came from. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's what we talked about with prayer. Like <laughs> that's usually where I pray. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I'm going to eat a blooming onion. Will you make it nourish my body? (laughs) Will you please work a miracle? See, I was going to say, that sounds like a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Turn this little Caesar's pizza into nutritious somehow. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And and that's what, you know, for me. That was just just something that I've been racking my brain for the last few weeks. I was like, have I ever been mad? Just, just, you know, not like when you mash your finger and you're like, ah, God, all right. You You know, just, but just, just. I need to step away a little while. Let's take a time out, God. I, you know, I'm I'm so mad at you. I, I, I just couldn't never think of anything like that. Well, and from the moment I talked to you, everything that you've said in regard to your past, you've owned the, you've taken the responsibility of the things that you did. Yeah, and I think that's really the biggest step. Yeah, is that if you can own the things that you do. Yeah, and you when you bring that before God and you say that, look, you know, of course I'm not mad at you. I did this to myself. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Probably had, you probably give me a little signs where you know you 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 might be messing up, Billy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know you well, you know it's like you said with the angel and the devil on your shoulder. You know mm-hmm. you, you fall into that or you believe in something like that or you don't. But uh, at the, at the end of the day, it's our choice. Right. And so when that guy gave you the Bible, did you go home and read it? I did. I did. I did read some of it, and and it was one of the the little blue. I think it was like a New the Testament, New, New Testament, Testament with Proverbs. the Psalms. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was. It was that. So. Well, that was very nice. Yeah. If that man saw you, you were troubled. Most likely, in my opinion, the Lord told him that you needed something, and so the best thing he could give you in his mind was God's word. Yeah, and I mean, he didn't know what not to just say. that, not to sound like you know. I mean, I cut wood for a living, so I'm not a baby, but it you know, I, I had to fight back a tear when he walked off. Yeah. And and it's just it's just where oh, you're, you're at. Such in a life. baby. You're such a baby. Are you really going to cry? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so are you are you serious? <laughs> he gave you a Bible, but uh, but no, it was uh, it's just one of those things. So yeah, I think it's important if you're the kind of person that owns the things that you do. That's a penitent heart. That's somebody that says, "God, I've done something wrong, and I am." sorry, and I'm going to pay the consequences for this. Sometimes we ask God to not make us pay the consequences, and sometimes he's merciful and you don't to the fullest extent. But when you're in the thick of it and you're paying for those consequences, then you're paying for those consequences. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't, like, I'm not angry with my ex-wives. I have two, you know, two ex-wives. And I love my first wife, because she's the mother of my children. Exactly, I care about her. the The divorce happened; it was out of my control, and I had to accept that, you know. And I accepted all the things that I had done to contribute to her not wanting to be with me anymore. I had to, I had to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And then when I did that, 
Um, it was easy at first. I would say, oh, I, okay, now I forgive her. But I never did forgive myself. I couldn't because I knew the mistakes I made because of the things that I had said over the years or acted over the years had just sort of slowly built up this wall between us and she wasn't having it. And that was the end of that, mm -hmm. you know? And then, you know, she became, she, we both dabbled in Christianity, but she became a Christian afterwards and so did I. So I still, of course, I still love her. And yeah. when I talk to my children, I'm always, you know, I always talk about the wonderful things about her. She was a very funny lady. She was hilarious. And very talented, a very talented artist. And then with my second wife, Alice, I, I just, I talked to her this morning and told her I loved her this morning. Yeah. I, you know, everyone in life, we all, we're all on a path and sometimes we make mistakes and we have to pay for those mistakes. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. And, but now instead of saying, oh, I forgive you for that. Now I say, you know, I'm glad that we're all living and I'm glad that we're all okay. And let's move on and get happy. You know, let's try to make a better life. And so I will say to both of you now, because you do not know this, but I uh, am engaged. I've proposed. Oh, yeah, wow. I proposed. Right. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Yep. I am engaged. I, I was going to say that I proposed and I'm waiting on the answer, but no, she said. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I proposed last night, actually. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, wow. Sure awesome. Wow. And she, and she said yes. And with a five hundred dollar deposit, I'll get her by the end of. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but no, she's. If, uh, I am engaged. I, I thought I am engaged. I can't wait for her to find <laughs> yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah. As soon as I'm tracking her on Amazon right now, she'll be at the house when I get home. Yeah. Yeah. So. I always want to. You know, I got her off of Shebay. <laughs> Shebay. Well, that's awesome. So I've got to ask. Yesterday was Monday. April the 26th. Yes. What, what's special about that? Is there a special... No. That's a, a, been a year, been... been, no. been Okay. Okay. No. Just... just. Um, it was... It's... I went and I spoke with her parents a while ago and told, told them how I felt and that I had, you know, what my intentions were and I wanted to make sure that they were uh, in agreement with that first okay. and foremost. And uh, they both were. You know, they just expressed, you know, that uh, she is from a divorce as well. And there's a lot of hurt that comes in divorce on both sides. And so you have to, you know, at my age, you know, being at 45, um, things typically move a little bit faster, you know, for us at our <laughs> age. You know, some people think it's too fast and I say it's not fast enough, you know, yeah. but, <laughs> you know, we've had time to get to know one another and um, I know what's important to her. And so I just... I, I didn't make the decision like on the fly. Mm -hmm. I knew it was going to be within a few days, but then with the way that the sun was and the way that the breeze was and where we were standing and I was ready, I had it with me. Well, there you go. With me. Like a little Boy Scout. Yeah, and prepared. I'd already prepared. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you would think a man who's been married twice wouldn't get nervous about it, but I was terrified. <laughs> I felt that terror, you know? Yeah, yeah it's a scary it moment, is. actually. Yeah. yeah. And scary might not be the, it's not the right word, but, but yeah, 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 no, but there yeah. is a... An uneasy, well, not, I, don't, I wouldn't even say uneasy, just a... Like, to be my age and, you know, knowing how we feel about one another, you know, you would assume like everything's going to be perfect, but there's still that little <laughs> nagging doubt. Like, wait a minute, she actually found out who you are now, so maybe she won't. You know, like. <laughs> but no, she's an amazing, uh, amazing person. Well, that's awesome. Uh, congratulations, Rick. That's really yeah, man. thank that's you. Really that's cool. awesome. So yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. Very I, I'm still in the He-Man Woman Hating Club, like the little <laughs> rascals. <laughs> so no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. So, uh, but the, well, no, that's awesome, Rick. Yeah, and I could tell you that. I mean, I didn't. I, 
I never really went through like a, a woman hating phase of any kind. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm just, I know. I'm just being goofy. Yeah, but no, but I was, you know, there there is that side that's like, man, I don't think I want to do that again. <laughs> you know, there's that side of it. But then if you meet the right person, yeah, yeah, and there, you know, she truly is the perfect compliment to me, which is it's she really is something else, and so it's and. Like being here, for instance, you know, maybe my first marriage, I wouldn't have been able to do this very easy without with a lot of coercion. Well, uh-huh. You wouldn't have been here anyway. You're really, this is this crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in the in, in the second marriage, it was, we had so many kids, we didn't. Have, <laughs> you know? We did it in the barn. She lived uh, in a uh, shoe. Yeah. She had so many children, she didn't know what to do, and so I had to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we we did it in the backyard. Yeah, you get a Brady Bunch situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, total sure. between us, we both had seven kids total together. Full house. And, yeah, and yeah. six of them lived in the house at one time. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, but of course, all my children are grown, and she's got a couple that are grown, and so. Uh, but no, I I talked to her this morning, uh, and this tells you a lot about my fiance. Is she wanted me to talk to my ex wife and and tell her before anyone else heard from anyone else and said, "Oh, cool. oh yeah." That's, she said, that's yeah, smart. she said, please really? just be very, yeah. you know, think about her because she was a friend of hers and still is. As a matter of fact, she went and had dinner with her a couple of weeks ago, okay. and 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 she's aware that, you know, my ex is aware that we're dating and all that, and they they get along swimmingly, which is. Great. We're all being adult about it. We all care about one another. Life is life. We're moving on. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that's the thing is just let's let's move on. Yeah. You know. So finding the way to love somebody that you probably <clears throat> could have hated, finding a way to love personally. Um, I do know some pretty nice people that aren't believers, but it's it's unique um, to forgive, truly forgive someone, and then really wish the best for them uh, in such a, a rapid speed mm-hmm. you know it took me a long time to get over my first one gotcha you know it was like five years or so before i you know remarried but well that was a long talk man sorry about, about that? that no no, yeah, no it's great a, yeah this is the most you've talked on the podcast yet <laughs> i know i'm trying i'm trying now, to cut down the yes i think i said it 936 uh, times last time i counted it was 945 <laughs> oh <bummer>. <laughs> <laughs> Should I change them all to something else? <laughs> do it like this. I'll swap no, them out do the, do for the, meows. Do the or... uh, Kool-Aid guy. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> Billy dressed up as the Kool-Aid guy for one Halloween. <laughs> I think I play. I was uh, Gomez Adams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were, yeah. That, that was, was really that was fun. fun. Oh, yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I want to get into it, so... I, I told you this morning a little bit, you know, I said in the last podcast that I wanted to take us on the arc of the resurrection and resurrection in general. And I wanted to clarify something that I said in the last podcast. Uh, if anyone has listened to this podcast at this point in 2025, <laughs> just remember that sometimes when I'm talking and I'm amongst people, like I, I do get a little mixed up. It's not that I don't know it. I do when I'm in my proper study mode, but when I'm talking and I'm like free thinking, sometimes I get off. So what I wanted to say about the triumphal entry, you know, Palm Sunday, that all of that happened directly after the resurrection of Lazarus, not before. And I think I mistakenly said it, but I knew that it wasn't. I just, I, I got it wrong. But the triumphal entry where the palm fronds are being laid on the ground, um, the people are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, you know, because the Messiah is coming in. However, the reason there's so many people there at that time in Jerusalem is because Lazarus 
has been raised from the dead and has become a super celebrity. And so has Jesus. Okay. You know, you talked about, you know, finally he's the rock yeah. star status. Yeah, he's the man now. But see, it says in the scriptures that they came to see Lazarus. That's why they're all there. They want to see this man that was dead that's back to the life, you know. Yeah. And so Lazarus, and I'm not going to go into this right now, but I'm going to do some side studies and I'm going to show you that Lazarus has a much more significant place in scripture especially in the book of John, where we've been reading out of, that most people probably aren't aware of. And he took, he was a very, he was a compelling and a very uh, amazing character, but he also was a very caring man. And he takes himself back. He gives Christ the spotlight because Christ says right before he raises him, he says, glorify your son, you know, let them see that I am from you. And so he raises Lazarus from the dead. And the chief priests say, this man, you know, Lazarus, first of all, he raised him from the dead. And we joke about it, but truthfully, the chief priests had decided we're going to end him. I don't think they believed he was truly resurrected. Huh. I think that they thought this was some sort of a ploy or a game or something to attract people. I don't know that they think, I, I don't really believe they thought Lazarus was raised yeah. from the dead. Yeah. The chief priests that were in, you know, the establishment that's trying to squash this rebellion. Yeah. It wouldn't do them any good to believe. Exactly. And then, and and a lot of times I wonder if they even believe in the things that they teach because, you know, their actions are kind of off. But Jesus, as he's coming into the city and it's this triumphal entry, you know, there's some people that are on the side that are like, tell these people to be quiet. And Jesus says, if I tell them to be quiet, the rocks will cry out because the Messiah is truly coming into Jerusalem. This is what this, you know, history is his story. That's where that word really comes from. It's all about him. And this is that the culmination of his entire ministry, all of the prophecy, all of the thing that's leading up to it is for him to get to Jerusalem at this specific time, the week prior to Passover, which is one of the biggest, you know, holidays in the Jewish custom. And you guys know what the Passover is, like where the Passover comes from? Uh, Wasn't it... uh the thing where they had to they had to put like something ash on the door or something, uh, the, so the spirit some spirit wouldn't kill their children. Yeah, you know it's it, you always surprise me because you do know quite a bit actually. <laughs> yeah, and so yes, basically whenever they were when Israel were enslaved in Egypt, then you know Moses is coming back to help get the people out of Egypt. You know to try to release them from the Egyptians, and so God tells them after you know sending so many different plagues and. Uh, Pharaoh not relenting and keeping the people and actually making their lives harder. Uh, God says, take blood from a lamb and spread it over the doorpost. And then I'm going to send the angel of death and he's going to kill every firstborn son. And if that blood is not there, then that son will die. But if the blood is there, then I will pass over. And so that's where Passover comes from. And then shortly after that, they go through the Red Sea, and then they go into the desert, and then they head into the Promised Land, and they're wandering. And from that point on, all of the prophets are talking about, you know, the time of the Messiah, but they celebrate the Passover annually. Every, I mean, I think it's the 14th day of Nisan, I think is the month, and if I'm wrong, please forgive me, I just, I'm doing this off the top of my head. But Jesus is arriving at this specific time. And what's amazing is if you really read the the New Testament and the time frame, mm-hmm. the chief priest is to kill the sacrificial lamb. That's what they do. They kill the sacrificial lamb at Passover 
every year, I think on the 14th day of Nisan at exactly 3 p.m., and that is the exact time that Christ died on the cross. At 3 p.m., he was the sacrificial lamb. Huh. Yeah. It, That's it is. I mean, it's really something. And then, like, when they talk about Pentecost, whenever the Spirit comes down, that's that's seven weeks later, 50 days to be exact. And 50 days later, in the New Testament, all of the New Testament believers are in the upper room, and the Spirit of God comes down, and they start speaking in tongues, and they all start speaking in different languages, and they go and they preach. So there's a lot of the Jewish customs are things that happen in the New Testament, but it's like... it. It doesn't really change, but it just takes on a new form. It means it means something more along with what it meant before. It's like enhancing, you know, those old customs. But Jesus, as he's coming into the city after raising Lazarus from the dead, it's interesting that he'll be dead in one week. And so when he comes in, instead of taking a right and going down and kicking the Romans out, taking Pilate and throwing him out, he takes a left and he goes to the temple. And he begins to teach and to speak. And it's a very short period of time later that Judas uh, is betraying. You know, he's betraying. So a lot of things are happening all at this this one moment. Like everything's like whoop. And then it just comes to this one major point. So Christ has to, he's, do you remember when we talked about how he is having to fulfill the Old Testament while also, you know, bringing in the new you know, the old covenant and bringing in the new covenant simultaneously. Yeah, kind of covering said, both sides. He said he like walked a tightrope, you know? Yeah. So he's doing all of these things and he's getting he's getting to the point to where he knows that the time is coming and it's his suffering is necessary. He has to go through all of this in order to pay for sin. That was the biggest, that was one of the hardest things for me to accept. I just never understood why God wanted that. Yeah, that's that's probably a, the the toughest one as I got older to understand. Like, why? Yeah, it's just another one of those why questions. Yeah, why? exactly. Why must he yeah, suffer? Yeah, yeah. And and like, why, why is it why, demanded? Why is that? Why is that payment? Why is that necessary? Yeah. Why is that payment? Why not create me five wheels of cheese? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like why that? Yeah. Why does it have to be? This brutal, like it says that his beard was plucked, that he was punched, that he was, they put a crown of thorns on his head. Yeah. They beat him. They mocked him. Nailed his hands. Spit at him. I mean, it was just, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, this is, this is where if I knew uh, anything about anything, there'd be some like Nietzsche slave ethics mm-hmm. stuff that would pop in. That's here. right. That would be the, probably the, the counterpoint or the comment mm-hmm. on it would be. Yeah. And Nietzsche, you know, his father was a minister. Did you know that? Yeah, he was. And he was raised in the church. And so by the time Nietzsche became a philosopher, he had all of that. Not only did he have all of the religious teaching behind him, but then he also had his his personal depression and the things that he was dealing with in life. And so a lot of the things that you are reading that he's talking about, he got it honest. He learned it from the scripture and he learned it from his own personal you know, life in his community you know, at the time. And I think he was a brilliant man. I do think he was a brilliant man, but I, I think he's the one that even said God is dead. Yeah, that's, that's Nietzsche. Yeah, God is dead and, and no one... I don't know the context because I'm woefully ignorant. Yeah, I mean, I'm woefully ignorant of a lot of philosophy too. But a lot you'll find that a lot of, you know, philosophies are rooted in, rooted in these old ancient traditions, you'll find. 
Uh, what well, you can take like an intro to philosophy course, and you'll see that it all starts. Most of it starts with religion, and kind of like blossoms out of religious thinking in this very satisfying kind of logical mm-hmm. way. And and one thought becomes another, becomes another. If you're uh, willing to pay attention, the evolution of thought is like, oh well, yeah, these things all lead to one another, and that's how you get from here to where mm-hmm, we are now. Yeah. That's kind of neat. Yeah, and I think that of all you know, of all the philosophers and all the philosophy philosophy that I've actually personally studied, Christ philosophy is the one that actually attracted me the most because it's the most giving, sacrificial thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's nice, right? Or, or theoretically, yeah. I mean, Christ Himself had His moods, but uh, but it's the uh, the core of it is just very like you know, be good to thyself and thy neighbor sort of stuff. And, and it is, it is very simple and, and very like, well, geez, if everybody did this, that would be pretty cool. Right. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? It's, and it's not, it's not hard to understand it or how it works or why you and everybody else would want that, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, it's hard for us to put ourselves in Jesus' shoes because we we're not a perfect son of God. But if you were to put yourself in his shoes and just go through, go through this with me for just a second, I want you to imagine coming into a city, a celebrity and people accepting and him saying, you know, nothing can stop them from screaming. The rocks are going to cry out, you know, and then to go in and start teaching at the temple. And then suddenly um, all of the authorities are coming down on you because they know, you know they're coming after you because of all of your teachings. And you're so well known that you've gotten, you've attracted this Roman occupation that they're going to yeah. just, they're going to hurt us. So we're done with that. And, and, and like he, yeah, he's he's getting the attention now, not mm-hmm. the kings and the Pharisees and all that. So yeah, they're that's right. And he's calling them like a brood of vipers. Yeah, you're a bunch of snakes. You know, I mean, he's hardcore. And then they they they're able to get to one of his own followers, one of his twelve, one of the innermost, Judas Iscariot. And Judas basically sells Jesus for thirty pieces of silver. And that sounds overly dramatic, but just try being Jesus for a minute. Uh, everything that he ever did was give to others. He was he was always compassionate um, to all of the, especially to the twelve. He taught them everything. And when Jesus, knowing that he's picking his twelve disciples, he picks Judas, who is a thief. And you know what his job was to t- to take no. care of the money bag. Whenever he, whenever he brought in Simon, there's a sort of cross logic yeah. there. Well, listen to this. So Simon um, Peter, we know him as Peter, Simon Peter. Simon, his name Simon means reed, which is like a reed that you would see blowing, easily swayed. And when Jesus met him, he said, "Your name is Simon, but I'm going to call you Peter, which means rock." something completely solid. And Peter was not a solid man. Peter was a very boisterous, you know, he was all up in your face. You know, he was one of those kind of guys, but he ends up being a rock later on in his life. He becomes one of the foundation, one of the pillars of the faith. Jesus, as he is getting, he he knows he's had this last supper with the disciples, not just the 12. From what I understand, there was a lot of them there. And he's having this last supper and he he breaks bread and he says, this is my body, which I break for you. And then he, he gives him wine. He says, this is my blood, 
you know, and he, he's not going to take another drink from the vine. This is it for him. This is over. And he's saying, do this in remembrance of me. And then, you know, Judas is gone and he's bringing the soldiers on the way. And Jesus uh, goes with his disciples into the garden of Gethsemane and Jesus is going to pray. Let me interrupt you for just a second, Rick. Um, he's, he speaks that one will betray him. Yeah. Does he? I, I'm 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 sure he knows it's Judas. Correct. He does. Okay. Okay. He calls him the son of perdition. As a matter of fact, in the book of John, uh, he says, "But one of you will betray me." And he says this during the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. And Peter leans over and he talks to the man. He's not named. He's called the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he says, "Ask him who it is." And so he leans over on Jesus's bosom and asks him, he says, you know, who is it? And he says, it's the one that I dip my bread into the sop with. And so when he puts his, you know, he puts his hand with the bread into the bowl to sop it up, Judas does too. And it says immediately Satan entered into Judas. So Judas knew he was going to betray him and Jesus knew it. They call him the son of perdition. So Judas is bringing all these soldiers. They're heading his way. Jesus is in the garden. And I always tell everybody, we, we say Jesus loves you. Jesus would do anything for you. Jesus loves you. We say that. But I like to clarify something. Jesus tried to get out of this. He actually tried to get out of it. And not many people really stop and think about this, but it's true. Okay. It's okay, the I'm Father. Listening. I'm listening. I'm going to yeah, read I'm it listening. to you. Okay. I'm going to read it to you. But the Father is who loved you. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. For God so loved the world. And I know that we believe that Jesus is God, but at this stage of time, in the space-time continuum, he is the son, the Messiah, paying the penalty for the sin. That's where this transaction is about to take place. But even the son stops. And he says, and I'm going to have to look this up, so just give me a second. He tell as he's praying, the disciples are over there and they fall asleep while he's praying. They crash, you know? And then he goes back over to him and he's like, you know, will you please pray with me for this last final hour? And they keep falling asleep. So it's Matthew 26, 39. I'm going to look it up right quick, and I'm going to read this. So keep in mind that Jesus is in the garden, and we all say Jesus loves us, and he does. It says, And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. So right there, he's like, if it's possible... Don't I, I don't want to do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. That's an amazing thought, okay? But then listen to what Jesus says, and this is something that we're supposed to be like, well, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. So basically, he's saying, let this cup pass from me, but if it doesn't, I'm going to do what your will is. And his, God's will was for him to die. Within less than 24 hours, Christ would be dead on the cross, and there would be a transaction his sinless life for all of our sin. I'm hearing sounds. Yeah, that's, I think. Is that a dog? Ollie. Ollie? Yeah. Did you say Ollie? Ollie Yes, that's our our three-legged dog. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I saw Ollie out there. (laughs) When he howls, it is like he'll do it when you get home or something, you know, like joyfully. Yeah, joyful howl. It is the saddest sounding thing ever. It is pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. He was a little guy next to the building. Yeah. I didn't even notice he only had three legs. It's terrible. Yeah. Well, they both look about the oh, same. Okay. Just one's 
pudgier and has four legs. Oh, okay, okay. The other's a little more narrow and has three <laughs> little. You Kiba? Yeah, Kiba's the Kiba's the oh, fat okay. one. She's like, I always call her Kiba Las Vegas. <laughs> Kiba Las Vegas. Las Vegas. <laughs> She's laying here on the couch <laughs> being a good dog. And by by good, when I speak of dogs, I largely mean inert. Yeah. <laughs> that is synonymous with good for dogs. Yes. Sorry. All right. Yeah, and that little three-legged dog just dropped a gigantic deuce outside. <laughs> I was like, did that really come out of you? Great. I'll find it with my flip-flop. <laughs> <laughs> she just tripoded her way back to the deck. Yeah. So Judas has um, brought all of the, the, the soldiers with him because he knows where Jesus is because they've, he goes there to pray. And they take him, and, and Judas walks up to Jesus. Now, think about it. Just put yourself in Jesus' shoes for a minute. One of the one of the 12 that you've chosen has betrayed you, and he comes up, and he kisses you on the cheek. And he says, hello, Rabbi. And Jesus responds, Judas, do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? The kiss was the sign that he gave to all the soldiers so that they would know that that was who Jesus. he was. Yeah. That it was yeah. him. Huh. So then they they go to capture him, and a lot of people say that you know that we we know that the Bible says the disciples scattered and left him, but actually Peter didn't just scatter. Peter pulled out a sword and cut off one of the servants' ears, so he was ready for battle. This is Messiah. This is the kingship coming. He's bringing the sword. Yeah. He's ready to start killing. So we're going to whack these people, right? Yeah. This is this is late, Peter. This is the wrong yeah. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. You know what? You want to know what's funny? This is still before he's the rock. He, this he becomes the rock, and he becomes a graceful man that would never lift a sword at anyone. That's when he becomes the rock. But uh, but it's funny uh. that you said that. So Jesus stops him and he says, "Peter, do you not know that I could bring legions of angels?" And stop every bit of this right now. That's such an that's such a cool thing for Jesus to say. Yeah, that's like any a Bruce moment, Willis moment. Yeah, you know, you know, so, exactly. Yeah, Yippee guy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that far, but yeah. so yeah. I mean, yeah. this is a tough. But I, yeah, yeah, you don't need to do that. I I got this. The it's king like of angels. He's, he's yeah. the king of all kings. Yeah, but the king of angels. So if there's, I think he says. I got to find it. How many legions? I, I think it ends up being like 144,000 or 1 million angels at his beck and call at any moment. He could have stopped this. So, but he didn't. Then he actually takes the ear off the ground that was just cut off and he miraculously puts it back on the servant, the very man that's going to lead him. Huh. Now, really, I, I hadn't heard that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's So okay. he heals the servant and then he looks at Peter and he says, put away that sword. So that's his last miracle. No, no, there's still miracles coming. We were talking about the miracle of resurrection. Oh, okay. That was his biggie, yeah, yeah. like the big biggie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Before so he is, yeah. His final, you know, his final miracle, you know, in my opinion, would probably be raising himself from well, the yeah, dead. Yeah, if, if you took that one off the table. Yeah. We knew that one. Yeah, yeah so that yeah. miracle, I mean, that's one of the close to the last yeah, miracles, yeah. yeah. And so at this point, when they capture him, they all scatter except for two. There's two disciples that are hanging with Jesus at this moment. It's the disciple whom Jesus loved that a lot of people believe is John the Apostle. I disagree with that. I don't believe it was John the Apostle. I'll get into that in a side study one day. Um, but there's also Peter, and they're following behind. And 
Jesus goes through a series of mock trials in the in the night, in the middle of the night. This is something that is not part of custom. They don't do trials at night. So they're this was just play. They're trying play. kind of a rush yeah, job. Yeah. It is yeah. a rush job. This and is, so we had a trial. That's it. Mm-hmm. Guilty. And so basically, they took him before King Herod. King Herod didn't want to do anything with him. Then they brought him before Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate is this this very wicked, you know, governor from Rome that's over, you know, Judea. And he brings him before him. And one of my favorite things, when Jesus is right before Pilate, Pilate says, you know, what charges do you bring against this man? They said that he calls himself a king. And he says, are you a king? And Jesus says, you said that I'm a king. That's his response. It's so <laughs> wild. He's like, you say that I'm a king. Then he says, he also called himself the son of God. And he's like, well, then take him, you know, take him and judge him against your law. Not us. We don't care about your little gods. And they're like, uh-huh. well, we're not allowed because we can't kill anybody because of your laws. Because of the Roman law, we're not allowed to kill anybody. So he says, well, your charges aren't good enough for me. Like, I'm not going to kill this man. <laughs> I don't want any part of it. <laughs> Basically, yeah, he, yeah. he actually gets to that point because his wife's warned in a dream later and, and tells Pilate, don't mess with this Galilean. There's something about him. And so Pilate looks at Jesus and says, do you know that I have the power to crucify you? And Jesus's answer is so classic. You know, you talked about he's the king of the one-liners. Yeah. He said, you don't have any power unless my father gives you that power. My kingdom is not of this world. That's not a threat to Rome at all. And he says, I'm here and people listen to me because I speak the truth. And oh man, I learned this so cool. Romans, uh, this this Roman, tough Roman, you know, uh, governor looks at him and says, what is truth? <laughs> what's truth? <laughs> what is truth? That's a, And you know what's yeah. really cool? Truth was standing right in front of his face. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So that old saying of you wouldn't know truth if it was standing in front of your face, that's, that's where, where it comes, comes from. from. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yep. really? Wow. Isn't that cool? Yep. Okay. So finally, the chief priests, the Pharisees, all of the people, they're yelling, crucify him. And it, it's so interesting because the Romans allowed the Jewish nation to release a single prisoner once a year. Very interesting. I I never would have imagined that that would have been something, but it was. And so he says, it's your custom. I allow one prisoner out. Do you want this king of the Jews or do you want someone else? And they said, give us Barabbas or Barabbas, Barabbas, which is interesting. I did a study on the name Barabbas. He, first of all, he was a zealot, which means that he was a murderer. He, it would almost be like a terrorist. And he, and the reason they loved him was because he was a terrorist to the Romans. And I believe historically, the, you know, they did release Barabbas. His name means in Hebrew, son of the father. Huh. So you have Jesus, who is the son of the father, and then the, the criminal Barabbas, who is son of the father from the other side. It's pretty interesting. Wow. Then they release Barabbas. And uh, Pilate, not wanting to kill Jesus, sends him off and has him flogged. 
and uh, they talk about the cat of nine tails where they, you know, if you've ever heard, have you ever seen Passion of the Christ? No. Well, yeah. Well, I probably Mel Gibson, won't. Mel Gibson really, like, I think he tried very hard to show you what it was like. I don't know if it was, but it's brutal, you know, whips him with this, uh, you know, this bone and metal that's on the end of these cords. It's burying into the back and ripping skin out. And Jesus is, you know, beaten to the point where his, it says his visage was marred. He wasn't even recognizable by the time they were done with him. Yeah. And then they bring him out and he says, okay, behold the man. I flogged him. And they say, it's not enough. Crucify him. So they put on this big cross and they make him carry it through the city all the way out to the outside. This is a man that um, raised people from the dead. Yeah. That healed people that were blind. They could also stop this. Huh? They, he could also stop this at any point in time. And didn't. Yeah. The people had completely turned on him. If you remember, a week earlier, they were saying, Hosanna in the highest, blessed be the name of the Lord. One week later, crucify him, crucify him. Huh. One week. Boy, what a week. Something else. Man. That's going south pretty quick. Yeah. So he, there, this story is very deep. You know, you should read, every gospel has this narrative in it. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all have this crucifixion narrative. And it's... If you ever wondered why are there four Gospels, I want you to imagine uh, being in a car wreck and having four different witnesses at that and understand that their story is going to be different from a different perspective. That's what you're getting from these four Gospels. It's all these different perspectives. So if they don't agree with one another, you can understand that eyewitness testimony isn't always the best testimony, right? Like, it's yeah. not. No, yeah. absolutely I mean, they not. use it, but it's not the best. It's it's It's... This guy saw two donkeys. This guy saw one donkey. Donkeys all the way down the line, like Andy said, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Jesus ends up uh, in, in one of his biggest points of, you know, in compassion. And, and I'm going to do this on a side study, Andy. I'm going to talk about the malefactors, the two thieves that were crucified beside Christ. There's an interesting story about them. And you know that story, don't you? Yeah. So you know that one of them says, hey... If you're the Christ, if, if that's who you are, yeah, then save us all, and yeah, save jump yourself. Jump off uh, the cross, yeah. And yeah. we know Jesus had that capability. He could have done that very thing with this guy. But the other thief who had earlier in the day already railed at him and yelled at him and spit at him anyway, um, suddenly sees Jesus for who he is. And he says, who are you, oh man? You know, this man's done nothing. We're guilty of our deeds, which means that they knew each other. They obviously ran together. Mm-hmm. And we're guilty of our deeds. And he sees the king. He says, he says, Jesus, remember me when you enter into the kingdom. And Jesus responds, today, I tell you the truth, you will be with me in paradise. So he's still giving. He says, yeah. Father, forgive me. Right. Father, forgive yeah. them, for they know not what they do. He's saying it to the very people that are killing him. I mean, he loves it all the way to the, He's loving all the way to the end. He gets thirsty. And what do they give him? Vinegar which makes him even thirstier. He didn't even take the drink, but vinegar. They steal his clothing from his own mother. His mother was there, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. His I mother. Didn't know that. Yeah. The, his mother and the disciple whom Jesus loved and Mary Magdalene were there. They followed him all the way until he, and while he was crucified, and they stayed there for six hours. Did you know if Lazarus was there? It's funny that you say that, 
Because in my side study, I'm going to show everybody that my belief is that the disciple whom Jesus loved, the gospel of John, the disciple of Jesus loved, is in fact Lazarus. Not only do okay. I believe that, okay. and yeah, I just want yeah, you to understand, yeah. You're, 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 yeah. what I'm saying is very controversial, and a lot of people will disagree, and they will say, it's almost like heresy. It is not heresy. There is no proof that John the apostle is in fact the, the disciple whom Jesus loved, and I can prove that it's Lazarus with the word of God all by itself. I don't need history. I don't need tradition. I let the word of God do it and I can prove it. And it was hidden on purpose. And the reason why, and here's what's so cool, guys. John chapter 11, Lazarus gets resurrected. John chapter 12, the chief priests want to kill him. And all kinds of people are coming to him because Lazarus is a celebrity. And that's the last time you hear about Lazarus. And then in chapter 13, suddenly you hear about a new character called the disciple whom Jesus loved. And in John chapter 11, it says, Lord, Lazarus, whom thou lovest, is sick. Yeah, yeah we know that he man. loved him. He's the only man that ever says about it, okay. ever. It, nowhere else in scripture does it say Jesus loved anyone, but it says that he loved Lazarus and Mary and Martha. That's the only time. So I'm not going to get into that now. That'll be a side study, and that'll be something that I'm probably going to try to do with Ralph. Yeah. Because Ralph is very rooted, and he, he studied a lot, so... He's probably going to disagree with me wholeheartedly, and that's going to be great. Yeah, he'll have he'll have. We opinions. need to debate. Yeah, yeah. That's else. right. Yeah. I want him to debate yeah. me, um, not necessarily debate me like in a, but you know what I mean. You know, like a fight or something. By the way, the uh, Kiki's the pubic, donkey. The pubic hair on the pizza was she's all that. <laughs> okay, that was the movie. Okay. She's all that. So I what, did see. What it. was the one with Ron Ron Reynolds? With uh, was it uh, the restaurant? What was the name? Waiting. Of that one? Waiting. Yes. Oh, that was yes. a funny. Movie. And that's it's one. one of those. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one's one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I kept thinking of American Pie when Ralph yeah, was, was talking about you know. It's the right humor. It is. It's true. It's the right humor. It's, Pub- it's, that's a, some pubic hair on the pizza humor. Yeah. 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 So. Wow. Yeah. Totally gear change there. Yeah, that's yeah, how we, we do Yeah, we jammed though. her in there. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good thought. So, so uh, Jesus, uh, it, it says that the, that the sun went dark, that it went black, that it's a complete darkness went over the earth at this point, right before he dies. And what would be going through your head if you were like one of the guys that threw a rock at Jesus <laughs> and all of a sudden it goes dark? Whoops. Whoopsie. <laughs> Wait. Well, if you notice, like after he dies, it says that one of the Roman soldiers said, surely this man was the son of God. Because on the moment that he dies, the earth quakes. And it says that the veil of the temple was rent. And if you want to know what that veil is, in the tabernacle in the Old Testament, the innermost room of the tabernacle had a veil, and only the chief priest could go in to talk to God in regard to your sin. Only the chief priest. And when the veil was rent, basically that Jesus had paid the penalty, and now you can talk to God because of him. Now you're able to talk to God. So it's it's pretty amazing. So after, you know, after Jesus dies... And this will yet be another side study about Nicodemus in John chapter 3, where you hear, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. He says that to Nicodemus, who is a very astute and famous teacher in Israel uh, of the law. And so Jesus is teaching this teacher who doesn't get anything. Well, at the end of when Jesus is dead and he's on the cross, according to the Passover law, there's no dead thing supposed to be out. And so... The Romans allow them to take the the dead off the crosses and either throw them in the the Valley of Hinnom or they put them into a tomb 
We don't know what happened to the the actual thieves. We mm-hmm. don't know. We just know that their legs were broken, and uh, they were they died quickly. And by the time they got to Jesus, he had already said, "It is finished," and gave up the ghost. Jesus didn't die. Uh, Jesus gave his life. That's what he did. And when he gave his life, uh, from that moment, uh, that's when that's when the transaction changed. That, that's when the transaction happened. That's when our lives changed. Now, if they, how did he raid a tomb? Because, you know, we talked about, you know. How did he do what? How, how did he, why did they put him in a tomb? Okay, so it, it actually says because, that. Because, you know, I mean. For because somebody he wasn't to, rich? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and for them to hate him so much, I figured they'd just throw him in the valley. So he had a follower. And if you read, uh, if you read the, the crucifixion account and the burial account, uh, he had a follower that was inside the the priestly group of the Sanhedrin named Joseph of Arimathea, who was a very rich man, and he had a tomb a tomb just right outside the gate of the city that was near the Garden of Gethsemane, where they like where they were, and uh, his tomb had had been hewn out of rock, and no man had ever laid in it, oh, sure. and because he was a follower of Jesus. And because it was the Passover and he needed to be buried prior to sundown, he gave his tomb up and gave it to Jesus. And Nicodemus okay. brought 75 pounds of burial oils and uh, ointment. Little did he know he'd get the tomb back. Yeah. <laughs> it's still there today. <laughs> it was just a random. Yeah. Idea. Did you know it's still there today? Airbnb. No, you that can makes actually sense, visit the, I mean, it's a you tomb. You can visit the tomb. It's still there. And the stone is still rolled away, and he's still not there. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, that's and cool. so um, Jesus is laid, you know, in that tomb, and they roll the stone. And the chief priests go to the Rome, you know, the Romans, because they've heard that Jesus had taught that he would be resurrected on the third day, and so they send a Roman guard, Roman guards, and guard the tomb, and they sealed the tomb so that he can't get out. And so they can squash this rebellion once and for all. And that's where we're going to stop. Cool. That's where we're going to stop for today. Dun, dun. Yeah. That's very good. That's very good clip. Yeah. There. Wait a minute. Does he get up? <laughs> you <Okay>. know? <laughs> yeah. No spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to take us on this resurrection arc, but you're going to have to wait until next time. Um. <laughs> Burrows of Berea. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. I had it. to think about <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> chicken. We didn't have the passion that I had. Oh, we didn't? Before. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. news. Like a... Did you go to Outback tonight? No. I tried to avoid that. It, it is true what he said. Like, right after you eat it, you know, it's like, you're. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> I'm sad. Yeah, because you're full. I, I have said, Lord, <laughs> you're, you're full like, at the blooming onion. Yeah. You know, that's all you need. <laughs> you know? Like when Jimmy Swagger. <laughs> did you see when Jimmy Swagger? Like, you know, he like hooked up with some old whore. <laughs> he had this fall from grace, and the only way he could save his church, <laughs> he had this. He was like, Lord, I have sinned. You know, and the whole the whole congregation is crying, and we're all just laughing like this poor douche. <laughs> you know, it's a they this these guys give Christians such a bad oh, name. I know. Yeah, it's it's almost like a stand up show when you watch it in the church. You know, when, when my grandfather passed away, 
uh, we had we had some certain um, gifts that were bestowed upon us. My grandfather wasn't a rich man by any stretch, but mm. <laughs> so he sent to me. It was a glass, a blue glass football player of cologne <laughs> that was empty, <laughs> and I and a Jimmy Swaggart vinyl album. <laughs> yeah, that's what I. That's what I got like grandpa, my grandpa. Was, was on the verge of hoarding, you know. <laughs> and they were thinking, what could we give his grandson that would be so meaningful? <laughs> anyway, it's just really funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Lord, <laughs> I have sinned. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. I slept with an old whore. <laughs> I have sinned against you, my Lord. It's like he's right here. <laughs> and I would ask that your precious Lord. <laughs> Try that again. I have sinned against you, my Lord. <laughs> That you're precious. <laughs> I slept with an old whore, <laughs> and my wife found out, and now I'm very sorry. <laughs> it's oh, that poor guy. But my grandfather gave me a Jimmy Swaggart album, so I started listening to. I mean, he was obviously he was related to. Um, help me out. Who was the 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 great piano player? Great Balls of Fire. Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry. He was his cousin. Jimmy so Jimmy Swagger was the really? cousin of Jerry Lee Lewis, yeah. It's a family of entertainers. It's absolutely yeah. so. You All know, kinds of Jerry great Lee Lewis. balls of fire. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, when he married his thirteen-year-old cousin, and then Jimmy Swagger, you know, he's like getting prostitutes. I can't remember, but every major televangelist usually ends up, uh, yeah, you know. Yep. Like who was it? Yeah. Was it a Jimmy? Was it Jimmy Baker? Jim Baker? Yeah, you know yeah. he actually lived. Or he might still live over here. Like he lives not far from you. Well, he's got a house. I don't know if he. Yeah, and I think he had, didn't. He have like something with Jessica Hahn that was like a big deal. I have no idea. Yeah, I just remember he had gold toilets. Was that this Jim Baker and Tammy Faye? Yeah. Was it, okay, so see that was yeah. yeah. Him that's and all I know. him and Trump. Yeah, those are the. Gold um, toilet people. The gold toilet. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's like a class. It's like, you know, when you fly uh, Delta enough, you get diamond status. There's a sort of a life. <laughs> of, yeah, sort of a life status you get. And it's a gold toilet. And it's just, it's very few people get it. Yeah. Makes my poop look great. I only, <laughs> I only drop a deuce in gold. <laughs> I have Aztec blood. <laughs> Man. Oh, uh, wow. Are we recording? Yeah. Yeah, we're on. Yeah, well, since we got all Jimmy that. Swagger. So yeah. if you guys have been listening, welcome back. And we now have a podcast name, and we, <laughs> we've we got a great intro. So now we know. Now, I, I instructed Andy not to put the intro on any of the other ones. I want people to go through it with us, you know, yeah. Yeah. trying to come the up with name, a name. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so we don't have to come up with a new name every single time. I wanted episode. Donkey Punch so bad, but it was already taken <laughs> I wanted it. <laughs> I, I might have to check that out. Just I don't know. I know it's like I want to listen to the podcast now because they have the name. This is Donkey Punch. Donkey Punch. Donkey Punch. Yep. You just got Donkey Punch. Well, <laughs> Donkey Kick. <laughs> if it was if it was the Burroughs of Berea, or it was the Jackass and the Triboob, <laughs> I went with the Burroughs of the Berea. <laughs> the Donkey Donkey Pod flock of donkeys. <laughs> Gang of asses, of yeah. <laughs> the like gang of asses, of you know. That's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, we could use gang oh. of asses for ladies' night if we wanted to, you know. So. 
you know, I've, sign me up. <laughs> flock of donkeys. I love flock of donkeys. What do you call a group a great of donkeys? Band. What do they call that? You know, like a pride of lions? Yeah. Oh. It's a flock of geese, a flock of seagulls. <laughs> there was a band. The flock of donkeys. <laughs> flock of donkey. <laughs> So, oh man goodness gracious oh well maybe a new name next time so we can see yeah. speaking of which i have to deal with this dog or he'll stand oh, go ahead. and bark at this door. yeah let's take a break he's a little <laughs> something it's i have true. in common <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah he's we thought this dog was very sweet when we first got him actually he's just a little so <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah and he's, how old is he Probably eight oh, or Okay, nine. so you don't have much of a rough yeah. life. <laughs> he, not, not here. I mean, we've only had him for like a year. He was a bum uh, dog. Okay. Yeah, and that's, you know, some injury that never got properly yep. set, and that's why that one leg's all messed up. But he really, he'll, he'll stand there and bark, and if I let him in here, he'll just nose at me and stuff <laughs> until I put him in the house. He won't, will not be happy. So Go ahead and do it with your I, dog. I have to do what the dog tells me. <laughs> Doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're rolling. <laughs> We're still rolling. Oh, great. Be sure you beep that out. <laughs> yeah. I have sinned against you, my lord. Doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wish I could find one of Jim Baker like snubbing as they're dragging him off to jail. <laughs> you know, he's like. <laughs> when I was in the, in the 80s, when I was a kid, we went to the, we used to go to the uh, uh, flea market. Oh, yeah. You know, the poor man's mall. And uh, they used to Smiley's have. Smiley's or the Dreamland? Okay, okay. Both, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, went to both. I remember, yeah. I remember as a kid going to Dreamland. Yeah. With my uncle every Sunday. Yeah. That's where you get a nice pair of Jordan jeans, man. Man, you what, man. Some of <laughs> them cowboy boots for the right size. Who cares if it ain't? We'll put tissue in the toe. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's where it's like, I really want these nice Jordash jeans. And it's like, honey, they spelled it J-O-R-D-A-S-H. It's not even the right brand. <laughs> it sounds right. It looks like them. They're acid washed. <laughs> and they got hoes in them. <laughs> hoes are free. Yeah. <laughs> You ain't giving all that good money for a bunch of pants with holes in or, it. Or my best part is, hold on, I can Jew him down. <laughs> that's not that's not racist, is it? No. Do you know what's really funny though is if whenever you read the Bible and you see that whenever Lot, um, you know, is in Sodom and uh, in Gomorrah, and the Lord comes to Abraham and says, you know, I'm going to destroy this city, and he says, is there any way? That you could, you know, what about the righteous people in there? And God says, look, if there's 50 righteous people in there, I will not burn that city to the ground. And Abraham goes, how about 40? <laughs> but he doesn't stop there. He says, how about 30? How about 20? How about 10? So when they talk about Jewing somebody down, you know, as, as racial as that is, it was Abraham. <laughs> yeah, or Abraham, yeah. If I find 50 people that are righteous, I will not burn Gomorrah to the ground. And Abraham's like, uh, about 40. <laughs> True story. I love I love, I love this, like, side trip into, like, Bible quiz. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about going to the poor man's mall, yeah, Smiley's the, Flea the Market. The flea market. Uh, or yeah. Dreamland. Yeah, Dreamland. 
Yeah. Jordache jeans. But mom, I want acid washed. (laughs) And if if you wanted to drive a little longer, you go to the jockey lot. The jockey lot? Where's that at? Oh, that was down in uh, Anderson. Oh, I never Uh, went there. Really? No. Okay. I think it's I think it's actually closed now. Oh, really? I think the jockey lot is closed. Huh. Uh, but yeah, there were billboards and everything. I'm surprised you didn't see it. Like, no. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's. When Anderson. I was that age, I didn't really get out very much. No. Well, I mean, this one, this one, the jockey lot stayed open until just a few years ago. I think. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, well, it's big. It's got animals. And, Dreamland is now a Lowe's. Huh. Yeah. 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 I remember. Yeah. Yeah, but they, you know, they used to have a drive-in movie theater. It was a Dreamland movie theater, is what it was. Okay, and then a flea market on Sunday, and Saturday. Yep, they sure did. Just to try to make a little That's extra cash. It was a smart use of property. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm a little excited about flea markets. Yeah, it's I'm one one shot away. From it's a yard sale without driving. So yeah, know. true. Yeah, yeah. It's also you're also guaranteed to get. You know, it's possible that you could get some sort of disease. <laughs> Don't drink out Maybe of the slushy not, machine. Not necessarily COVID. No, no, no. It's, just, it's a lottery in the best of times. Yeah. Exactly. So How about 30. Will you take 20? <laughs> How about 10? How about two How about for 10? 30? Oh, and by uh, the way, uh, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> so, Sorry, Abraham. He tried to do it. Wasn't nobody in there. There was nobody there. Wasn't nobody in there. Yeah. How about 10? That's what he did. That's funny. It's That's true. so funny. Well, so at this point, you know, Jesus is, the 